Okay, guys, so this behind the scenes came about in such an interesting way. We were having our early morning legacy meetings. The wind was blowing, the sun was out, the curtains were, or the wind was blowing the curtains. You could even, if you listen very carefully, hear the birds chirping in the background. My wife, unbeknownst to me, decided she wanted to go all FBI and put a wire on and record what we were talking about. But I will say I'm so glad that she did because it is very hard to capture moments like these in their very raw and authentic state. So this was a wonderful time to bottle lightning and you guys are going to get the lightning she bottled. Well, it came from you. I just heard the gold coming out. Y'all know like in the moment you hear the gold just flowing and the download coming all at the same time. I'm like, oh my goodness, we need to document this. I'm like, this would be a great episode to share. And so I didn't want to stop you and be like, hey, I'm recording because then, you know, it's... It, that could shift yeah, me and I could start going, yeah, you start totally. going somewhere else and try to be all, you know... Something different. Buttoned up and, you know, all these things. Not that you're not buttoned up, but you know. I know what you anyway, mean. so this episode is really about the recipe for a lack of contentment. contentment. That's right. And so here's one of the first things that you're going to hear and learn about. And that is the mental and spiritual equipment um, for dealing with and appropriating disappointment. Mm-hmm. You're also going to hear how he, you spoke about um, how productivity is not the end all be all and why that is the case. And then also you're going to hear about how not to build from a warped view of faith, but rather to build from a place of actual and authentic faith. This is loaded. It's a short little conversation, but once again, it is a loaded little conversation. Yeah, guys, and don't be put off. This sounds raw. It's behind the scenes, but this is one of, I would say, one of our most memorable episodes, I feel. Mm-hmm. We just doing it right now. But yeah, it's rich. Okay, y'all, let's go. Let's go. So the big question is this. How do married entrepreneurs like us who have decades of business building experience, how do we break through common communication, productivity, and profitability barriers all while living powerfully in sync? That's the big question, and this podcast is the answer. You see, even if just one of you is called to entrepreneurship, the family is called to entrepreneurship. No, the goal is not the almighty dollar. We're aiming for the almighty impact. What's up? This is O.L. and Sway Buckley. Welcome to the Married Penal Life Podcast. Marriage Marketplace Ministry. Let's go. What's up, everybody? This is O.L. Buckley. And this is Sway Buckley. Of MarriedPenalLife.com. Yep, this is where we help mission-minded married entrepreneurs, those who want to get more clarity, generate more income, but above all of that, leave a lasting <laughs> impact. Yes, married entrepreneurs come to us to sync high-level systems with laser clear strategy to build out their legacy structure profitably and peaceably. So whether you are an indiepreneur, a spousalpreneur, or a couplepreneur, the marriedpreneur type does not matter. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, indiepreneurs are married couples where you're building individual businesses Spousalpreneurs is where one spouse is operating the business while the other is working a nine to five. And couplepreneurs is where both spouses are building the same business together. Now, you can be a combination of these. You can be one of these. And there is really all different types of ways this plays out based on what you all are doing and what your goals are. But say all that to say this, you are definitely in the right place if you identify as a marriedpreneur 
or you desire to be one. Okay, also, if this is your first time visiting or being with us, welcome, welcome, welcome to the virtual Maripreneur Life room. If you are returning, what is up fam? Glad to have you back in this virtual space as well. With that being said, I think we should just go ahead and dive right on into this juicy behind the scenes conversation. I say behind the scenes literally. And oh, it was behind I, the scenes. It was behind for sure. the scenes. I appreciate you for allowing me to be the whole G.I. Jane in this in wired to CSI. CSI. Mrs. Columbo. Okay, all of those together. All Mrs. That. MacGyver. Well, no, you want me to be. That's a little different. Not quite no, the detective. No. This was more you being Matlock, Matlock, Inspector, Slay, Gadget, all of those. Anyway, y'all enjoy <laughs> this piece. Uh, take some notes. It's gonna be good. We'll see you on the other side. And, and the thing about it is, is that sometimes the goal that is told will happen. Sometimes we need to reorient goals. That's what I'm saying. It may not be that you know what this post or these series of posts is gonna produce ABC results. I think about the reel that we did that got almost a million views. We did not deliberately set out to do a million views. We ended up with almost a million views, but that in, by, it's not that we didn't want it to do a million views, but we didn't say we're doing this with the intention right. of getting X amount of views. Mm -hmm. um, we were just being consistent in producing content and that particular one, for whatever series of reasons, caught on to the extent that it did. And so what happens is, though, is that when you get all of this coaching, and this is what I think is really important for us to separate us from every, from, every, from I'm going to say, the majority of coaches out there. Sometimes there's this book that I want to get. And the book that actually I want to get, I actually heard from the person who wrote the book that I'm currently reading right now. And it's called, I'm going to buy it. It's actually in my cart. It's called The Quick Fix. Mm. And basically the premise is coming out of the late 1800s, the mind sciences are really what gave way to, someone Someone would even say the, the Enlightenment era, really gave way to the self-help era. And for all the people that we listen to, we can go back, 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 back. We can go back to the Brian Tracy's of the world. We can go back to the Earl Nightingale. We can go back to that whole era of self-help. Prior to that, you had many other people, Mary Baker Eddy, one of them being actually. Mm -hmm. And you can go even further than that. People who mentored her, Phineas Quimby, um, etc. And it was how you can take control of your life, how you can take control of your destiny, how you can do this and how you can do that. And all you have to do is think like this, do this and do that, and you will see these results. And the late 1800s, people, Americans, latched onto that. And I feel like, well, anyway, the premise of the book Quick Fix is, is that Americans, who are probably the largest consumers of self-help, but not just Americans, a lot of people around the world, Western. grab on. Hmm? I was at Western culture. Western cultures grab on to philosophies mm -hmm. that promise a quick fix. Mm -hmm. And the thread of that has mm -hmm. permeated the whole, everything we, I mean, everything that we do right now, coupled with the fact that Americans are the hardest working people in the sense that we work the longest of hours of any other country. Now, granted, we have the largest GDP of any, of, of any other country too, but we're also the most unhealthy country. Um, and that's not just physical, from a medical standpoint, we're unhealthy emotionally, we're unhealthy mentally and this is why we're also the most uh what i want to say self-care relaxation indulgent country mm. um and so it's because we're we're in many regards literally working ourselves to death or working our our emotional health to death or some cases working our marriages to death working our families to death and so because of that regimen while it has a great output materially 
it has caused a certain depletion and even a lack of satisfaction. Mm. Because one thing I know for sure is that the motive by which you pursue things, the more you get, the more you will want. That is the formula for a lack of contentment. And so if I got 100,000, I want to get 500,000. If I got 2 million, I want to get 10 million. If I got 10 million, I want to crack 50 million. If I got 50 million, I want to go for a billion. If I get a billion, I want to multiply. And so what happens is, mm. is that the chain continues, if, if even very gradually, even very subtly, there probably would have been a time you take our parents' generation or our, or our great-grandparents' generation doing what we've done. Yeah. They would have been... Oh, my goodness. So happy. Yeah. And in many ways, their life was harder than our life is. Mm -hmm. So the people who worked the hardest, I mean, even physically worked the hardest, um, when you figure out manufacturing and textiles, you're coming out of the Great Depression, and so they have endured some very challenging times that we haven't seen, our generation haven't seen yet. Mm -hmm. The closest would have been something to the effect of 9-11 and the 2008 Great Recession and, you know, but but the magnitude where people were fighting over milk and bread in grocery stores, mm. I mean, we had pockets of it, but I'm talking about that was the that was that was the nation. Um, the Dust Bowl and people who were migrating from those dusty areas and going back into cities and so forth. Uh, it, 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 it is. They, they had less technology. They would look at our planners and be like, whoa, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm. Our birth rates are down. Their birth rates were higher. Yeah. Um, I just read a report yesterday that said America's not hitting the replacement rate by the year 2050. There aren't going to be many more Americans. Immigrants are literally overrunning Americans because most of the immigrants that come from other countries mm -hmm. are still having larger birth rates. Yeah. That's a whole other conversation. But anyway, mm -hmm. um, and so when you think about all of that, if a person doesn't have the mental equipment, the spiritual equipment, or to, not using it, to, to, to discern and appropriate mm -hmm. and and manage all of this mm. and they're already desperate mm. for results this can i could see the how recipe a recipe for disaster i could see how people would get to this point and so really if we really and i wasn't saying all this to say this but i'm going to say it if we really latch on to a kingdom way of living and thinking some, if not a lot, of what we say will be counter culture across the board. And this is why sometimes when we're consuming so much content from different voices, we got to be asking ourselves, okay, by the way, the end all be all is not productivity. The end all, productivity, let me say, that, productivity is not the end all be all. We have to ask ourselves, okay, what actually is productivity? And what from a kingdom way of thinking, how should I be thinking about this scripturally? Me being productive, my life mattering, my life being being productive. That's not placing per a cap on a person's earning potential or a business's revenue potential by no means. 
But what it is, is saying, how do I orient my mind to make sure that in my pursuit, I'm not doing and building in a warped view of faith, but in a actual, from a, but, but from an actual place of faith. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times we think of faith as a formula to get. Yeah. And because that's the paradigm, I have faith to get, a faith, faith to get this desired outcome. And what happens is mm-hmm. we attach a worldly outcome load it into the barrel of faith and then shoot the gun and say, I ought to get this result. I ought to hit this target because I'm shooting it in faith. But that's, Mm -hmm. that's not what it is. Faith is actually enduring with contentment and having an, a permanent trust in God, a fixed trust in God come what may, Mm -hmm. even though I'm pursuing in a very pragmatic sense, the right actions that should yield this result. I also have to give way for the fact that there are things that God is doing in me and through me and through us as we're building this business. I'm glad you said what you said about contentment and although we do the pragmatic things, because I think sometimes when we, I'll say we as those in the business world anyway, primarily, because we're often in business world, you're, I, I mean, as entrepreneurs, but I just say business world, but primarily in the business world, we're pretty driven. Like you're driven, you have a drive to to do, to succeed, to reach goals, mm-hmm. um, which makes that that works that it works out well in business. I mean, it, it works for you, it works for mm-hmm. your benefit as long as it's a, it, it it offers an edge. Yep. And it's it, and and the drive fun. the drive is necessary because without a drive you're not gonna want to difficult to yeah endure. you're gonna like you're yep. anything the wind blows and you're like oh that's that's the sign <laughs> you yep. know I'm not supposed to do this <laughs> right but um I think it's I think it's important to understand yes we just you know contentment godly contentment is not about not having goals in life or in business it's not just quote unquote settlings I think sometimes and even with myself thinking through that process of what are my mind what are my thoughts about this thought about this concept mm-hmm. um and making sure that i have right thinking about being content mm-hmm. because i know what was instilled in me as a young girl you know growing up mm-hmm. to be grateful mm-hmm. you need to be grateful just be content with what mm-hmm. you have right mm-hmm. and then it's like oh okay so i'm not supposed to want anything more right and that is not necessarily Godly contentment. That doesn't mean you don't want anything more, but I think also just understanding right. what has been instilled in many people. I would say, in, I'm not going to just say America. I would say probably a lot of Americans because we're so blessed as a country. And growing up, you can have that. Any child, I think, can have a sense of entitlement. But then your parent telling you, you need to be content with what you have. You need to be grateful. Like pretty much, stop asking for more because you have more than most children have, right? And then I think just the realization of like, oh wow. But then does that mean? Don't want any more because you have more than m- most others have. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's as much of a challenge to our wants mm-hmm. as it is a challenge to our gratification um, and timing of it. I think what happens is I think we can grow up. We can put a a, a mature lens or mature covering on 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 being spoiled. Um, I think mm. because we're not throwing a hissy fit for mm. hot dogs and candy, mm. we are throwing a hissy fit as an adult who runs businesses 
it just looks more sophisticated. And so like a mm-hmm. child may have a lack of contentment in a very observable way mm-hmm. that is less obscure. I think we wrestle with contentment in more sophisticated, um, nuanced, hidden ways. Mm-hmm. And, and the funny thing about it is, is, is that the way we would notice it in a child, mm-hmm. God notices it in us. Yeah. And yeah. so what happens is, is it's not the challenge of the one to, but you can always tell. One way I, I, I venture to say that we could tell is our response to some, to us not getting that want mm. in a particular time frame. Yeah. We want that want. And if we, if, if we yeah. look at our response principally, mm-hmm. we might find the same hissy fit that we... That, would be more obvious in a child. It's just dressed up. It's just dressed up and sophisticated. Mm. And so... Um, so it's not about the wanting more or whatever that goal is being driven, but it's really about how do you respond when... Or gratitude, number one. Gratitude. But gratitude doesn't necessarily negate having a driver... That doesn't mean lazy. Right. That's Often they get conflated. Yeah. But one has nothing to do with the other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What it does say is, is that if it doesn't happen the way or when I want it to happen, yeah. I can always tell by the gravity and the nature of my disappointment. The gravity of my disappointment and the nature of my disappointment. And even... The long, how long my disappointment may even linger. Disappointment can have a negative effect on you in business if you don't, if it's not yeah. tempered. But also, even bigger than that, I can find myself trusting in myself rather than trusting in God. Like, He that's don't know the, what's on the board. That's the key right there. That's right. I'm like, look, I'm doing this. I'm out here. You know where I am. Like I said on, like, this, like the message said on Sunday, I'm under the watchful eye of God, the care of God. It's like I'm at the park. He's looking at everything. Mm-hmm. And he knows where the threats are, where the opportunities are. And he's watching me interact, watching my maturity. I never forget Rance was saying to me something about the last time we were there. saying something to me about Rancy. And he was looking at him. He was like, he's getting so mature, grown up so much. And he's saying this, he's talking to me, but he's looking at him. I just feel like God is looking at, it's looking at us like so mature. And a lot of times when you, when we look at children, we gauge maturity by how they handle disappointment. So you lost the game. So you got to be on the test. What do you think about that? How are you going to respond? And that's the character stuff. And so I'm looking at like, okay, you know, I didn't close. How am I going to respond to this? Okay, so tell me that was not good, right? And I'm not just saying that because it was, <laughs> it was you. me talking. I'm, I'm saying that because it was really introspective unveiling we really peeled back the onion i believe and i'm sure that this added immense value to you too and even in how you build aren't y'all glad that i went ahead and recorded that i just felt that aren't you glad that she wore a wire (laughs) (laughs) well i'm sure they are because i'm glad i did because i can actually go back to through it as well and listen and take notes and use this as a as a framework to remember how to deal with disappointments speaking of how to deal with them let's Head on over to enjoying the journey together so we can walk you through that with actionable steps. All right, let's go. Okay, so here we are now at Enjoying the Journey Together. This is where we give you two actionable, practical steps so you can see traction fast. So we have something special for you all for this particular Enjoying the Journey Together segment. Now, you know how we like to give you real steps so you can start seeing real results 
and you do it together like that's the whole point of this episode or this whole podcast not just the episode but it's about married entrepreneurs growing together so here are some questions that we want to give you to ask each other as well as to ask yourself so what we've done is we've created a a rating system a rating system yeah there you go a type of assessment um on for how you handle disappointment so who better than your spouse to help answer these questions and it in addition to you answering it yourself so here's mm-hmm. the question so the question is how well do you handle disappointments right you can rate yourself either on a scale of one or five now one means <laughs> you're a toddler who throws a tantrum mm-hmm. five means you're an adult who bounces back quickly yes so here is the thing how this works this should be fun this should be really fun so you ask yourself this first so you write it down on a piece of paper what you think you are uh and then your spouse writes down what uh, your spouse thinks you are and they will rate you as well your spouse will rate you as well and then you all do the same thing for your spouse so you do it for each other okay so do it for yourself and then do it for each other and this should make for very interesting yeah, conversation. Yeah, and then you don't show each other the number until after you both done it together. Like, so you write it down. You can do like a one, that's two, good. That's one, good. two, right. and then three. Like, throw it up, and Boom. that should be very interesting conversations after that. But don't get offensive, y'all. Don't don't get offended. Yeah, th- don't get don't be offended, and don't be defensive. Mm-hmm. But just hear like, one another out. Cause how would that be like? I don't throw tantrums. Because all you're going to do is prove. All you you're like, why are you saying I'm throwing yeah. tantrums? Don't expose yourself, don't guys. Man, you throw tantrums. Oh, don't wow. expose yourself. Okay. So, yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Everybody be the cool cucumber. Right. Let's all be fully developed <laughs> adults. Right. But listen, we're all striving, right? We're all striving yes, we are. for that, that yes, high five and saying, okay, we're going to bounce back quickly. But really what it does is it helps us remember, okay, where am I putting my placing my trust? And, and, and am I That's truly right. placing my faith in the one who I know loves me? Am I truly doing that? That's right. And this is going to help you guys really be honest about, I mean, in, internally, introspectively about yourself. And then it gives you a place to work from because mm-hmm. you'll see how uh, how you're perceived outside of yourselves. Mm-hmm. And we all have blind spots. We all have blind spots. So work through this get what you need to get and then also would say too to if you're like okay i know i'm not a five i know i need to do a lot better with this then this is just a great place just to continue to grow and give yourself grace and just be mindful of it and as we're talking about growing if you haven't received some type of exercises where you all can continue to do this and and walk through it because the thing is if you don't have targets then you don't even know when you're hitting them and if you're missing them and let's just say you get disappointed right then how do you respond to that so take it taking it from that perspective um in the maritpreneur checklist we've given you all a literal checklist but it's a it's a very thorough document of uh, walking you through building together, even like the mindset of your legacy and what it's going to look like and where you want to be by a certain time and the type of decisions that you've made and why you've made them and, and working through this together. It is so valuable, y'all. So go ahead and get that and then use that as a template for where you're going. And when you fall short, because we all do, you want to remember this episode and remember to grow through it because that that is how we grow is we grow through it we don't stay in our comfort zones and we have to be able to bounce back quickly and the only way we can truly do that 
is not place our trust in ourselves. But we know the one who loves us more than anybody else. And that's where we want to place our trust. So we hope that this episode has been amazing for you. That's right. So you know what to do. Keep living purposefully. Powerfully. And profitably. And sink. Peace out. Come on. Learn why now is the absolute best time to launch your dream business with your spouse, even if you're super busy, high leaders who need simplicity. Introducing the free Love and Launch five-day challenge for marriage coaches and married entrepreneurs, where you're going to be able to create your profitable launch strategy together in five days or less. Yes, this is where you're going to learn how to transform lives, build legacies, and increase income in five days or less in this free challenge. As the number one go-to industry marriedpreneur experts, we're sharing our best strategies to creating a business launch with your spouse in literally five days, even if only one of you is the entrepreneur. Having vision isn't enough. This path requires courage and laser strategy. So go get your seats to the free five-day Love & Launch Challenge for marriage coaches and married entrepreneurs over at loveandlaunchsecrets.com loveandlaunchsecrets.com. We can't wait to serve you. Ready to drop them bars, hubby? Funny. Yeah. Yeah, we here. Hi, girl. Okay. <laughs> Check it out. It's like, hmm, okay, it's OL and Sway back again. Another episode, press play, now you in. Motion to build out your legacy. Family imply your marriage plus ministry. The content is real life in real time, yep. Mm -hmm. A little more to help you both soar and step. Same page where we know you want to be. And know it's not as easy as one, one, two, three. three. It's more like three, two, one. Where you got to plan your work, work your plan and have fun. And anything you two will call to is doable. Hit subscribe, press like, make this reviewable. Anything you two will call to is doable. Hit subscribe, press like make it reviewable peace peace anything you call to is doable press subscribe press like make this reviewable for the people in the back